0: so without further ado will you welcome krish on stage amazing <laughs> awesome thank you krish and as ever and we want to get one of the young people to be able to pray for krish so can you say who you are and where you're from um hi i'm ellen and i'm from hiker oh, yeah. amazing okay. ellen do you want to pray for krish? Mm, please um, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity for all of us to come to Summer Madness. Lord, I thank you for Grish, and I pray that mm. all of our hearts would be open to what you have to say through mm. him tonight. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Uh, thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. Oh, you're going to be a quiet crowd tonight. Yes. Brilliant. I believe Jesus wants to welcome some of you home tonight, into his family. And uh, at the end of our time together, there's going to be an opportunity for you to respond about that. But we want you to respond with your minds clear about what you're doing. So I want to take you through a little journey to meet Jesus, the one who is full of grace and truth. But let me tell you a story first. It was 4.45 on a Friday afternoon and the phone rang. And we could tell from the dialer ID that it was our local social services. Now 4.45 on a Friday is a dangerous time to answer the phone, because the office is gonna close in 15 minutes time, and they're desperate. They say, "Chris and Miriam, we, we know you've already got a foster child living with you, but could you please take another one? And I was a little bit nervous. My wife was, yeah, sure, we'll do it, doesn't matter whoever it is. So I just asked a question. I said, okay, what can you tell us about this child? And they said, well, we can't tell you much. All we can tell you is this boy is a biter. Biter. That's not what I want to hear. Biter. What does he bite? Does he bite stuff? I mean, I can cope with a child coming into my house and biting stuff. Our furniture's got lots of teeth marks on it already, mainly from our cats. I can cope with teeth marks on stuff. But if he bites people, then we've got a problem. Because I've got six other children that live in my house, and if he bites them, well, where's he been? What's he been exposed to? Is he safe? But that word, biter, it really got its teeth stuck into me. And I couldn't get it out of my head. (laughs) Biter. Biter is an inadequate description of a human person. Because listen to this, friends. You and I, we are more than the worst thing that we've ever done. And actually, we're more than the worst thing that's ever been done to us. When God looks at you, he doesn't just see the stuff you've done wrong. He sees people full of value, dignity and worth. Doesn't matter about your history, doesn't matter what you're currently messed up in, doesn't matter what's been done to you, doesn't matter what you've done. God still sees in you value, dignity and worth. Some of us don't feel like that. Some of us have had labels put on us, maybe by mates at school, there's a nickname that's really getting on you because it just reduces you and crushes you maybe other people in your life have spoken tough words over you maybe it's even your family maybe it's your teachers and those labels they crush you and they weigh you down biter that was the word that was on this little boy but I knew that God saw dignity in him even though I'd never met him before and so we welcomed him into our lives he was an amazing little boy. He turned our world upside down in all the best ways possible. He, he bit a lot of stuff, mostly sausages, to be fair. But he was three years old, and he'd already had eight different families. He couldn't really speak very well because there'd been so much disruption in his life. Is it any wonder why he came to that point in his life where he bit someone. We need to know the stories of the people that are in our lives. Sometimes that will allow us to, go, to show a little bit more grace and a little bit more understanding instead of judging them. I want to tell you that seeing people like Jesus sees them is one of the marks of being a Christian. And I want to take you on a journey with Jesus as he encounters someone who also had a label put on them, who has been crushed and weighed down. And so, if you've got a Bible, why don't you switch it on or open it up, whichever is easier for you? Uh, we're going to look at John chapter eight just for a moment. And this is a story of Jesus as he encounters a woman who was caught in adultery. This morning we looked at Jesus and the Samaritan woman, a woman that was pushed to the margins because of some of her history, and Jesus showed her incredible grace. I want to show you again. Jesus in action. And as you hear this story about Jesus, I wonder if you could be asking yourself, is this Jesus someone I could trust? Is this Jesus someone I could love? Is this Jesus someone I'd be willing to follow no matter what the cost? John chapter 8, verse 1. Then they all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered round him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, uh, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? The older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Think about this story. You have this group of religious people. They love the truth. They've got the law of Moses, and they're looking for a way to catch Jesus out. They're full of truth, but there's no grace in them at all. Jesus is known as the man sent from God, the Son of God, who is full of grace and truth. These leaders are full of truth, but no grace. And that leads to a kind of legalism, a judgmentalism. You see how they caught the woman. Apparently, they caught her in the very act of adultery. Now, I don't know about you, I did a little bit of biology in school. And if you're going to be engaged in adultery, it normally takes two people, doesn't it? But they've only found one person. They found the woman. Somehow, the guy is left out of it. He's not bothered. They don't care about him. They just grabbed the woman. We live in a world that is often willing to hurt or diminish women. How will Jesus respond in this moment? These men are ready to stone her to death. They may already have stones in their hands, ready to throw at her. But Jesus, the man full of grace and truth, he stands up straight and challenges these men, not with a sword, not with his fists. He's so strong he doesn't even need to use his physical presence. He uses the truth. Later in John chapter 8, it says, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus speaks truth to those that were accusing this woman. And he challenges them. Any of you without sin, you can cast the first stone. Who are you to judge this woman when you are full of sin yourselves? He just speaks truth, and they melt away. I love Jesus. I love the way that he defends the weak and the vulnerable, and the oppressed. Nothing will stop him from protecting them. Even men with rocks facing an unarmed Jesus, he stands strong and he challenges the violence. One of the marks that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that you're part of God's family, is that Jesus' character begins to rub off on you. If you're a Christian, standing up for the least and the last and the lost is part of your DNA. It's part of your birthright. It's part of the likeness of Jesus in you. That's why I love the fact that at this event, we've got groups like Tear Fund, who are speaking up for the vulnerable, fighting injustice. I've got my mate, Dave Linton. Dave, are you in the house? Where are you? Give us a wave. Dave's at the back. Dave, he's a great man. He deserves a whoop. This is shameless product placement. Dave believes that children are full of value, dignity, and worth, especially kids in the care system. And so he built a whole company out of trying to make sure that kids in the care system don't have to go to a new foster home with just a bin bag with all their stuff in it. That is dehumanising, isn't it? So Dave says, why don't you buy a beautiful mad lug bag? And when you buy it, he'll make sure that a kid in the care system gets a good bag to take their stuff in. Do you see what he's trying to do? He's trying to be like Jesus, who speaks truth, stands up for those that are in need. You know, there's also another group here called Outside In. Do you know those guys? Yeah. I'll tell you what. They don't have to make some nice stuff. Shameless product placement again. What have they got? They've got these amazing sweatshirts, haven't they? Okay, they cost a little bit more than your prime arnie, but... But again, they're trying to speak truth, aren't they? Buy a sweatshirt and get a blanket that you can give to a homeless person, that they would know that they've got value, dignity and worth. You see, as a Christian, that's part of your calling, isn't it? It might be not just buying stuff and helping people like that. Maybe God's got a call on the rest of your life. Maybe he's calling some of you to become teachers that will speak grace and truth into children's lives. How many of you have known teachers that have done the opposite? Imagine you were called to be the kind of teacher that only wants to bless the kids that are in the class. Or maybe God's calling some of you to be politicians. Not to speak up for your own rights, but to champion the needs of kids or vulnerable people. Or maybe God's calling some of you to be social workers. Because we are standing in the footprints of Jesus. There's a woman Caught in adultery, about to be stoned to death. But Jesus stands strong and he speaks truth to the crowd. He protects her from the pain and injustice that was about to be inflicted on her. I tell you, I love Jesus. I love that he's strong enough and he loves enough to stand up for us. That we would be protected by him. No matter what we've done or no matter where we've come from. That is grace in action. But did you notice, after the crowd had dispersed and no one judged this woman, Jesus loved this woman to tell her some truth as well, didn't he? He said this, go and leave your life of sin. This woman has been a victim of judgmentalism and violence. That so often happens in our world. But even though she's been a victim, he still says to her, there's some stuff that you need to work out in your life. And I'm calling you, I'm telling you the truth that you might live a life that God wants you to live. Turn away from your life of sin. Now, why does Jesus do that? Why doesn't he just show grace? It's because he is full of grace and truth. And truth means you love someone enough to warn them from the danger they're in. Look, in my house, there are seven kids. Uh, The youngest one is super cute. He's one year old and one month. And uh, we have a little problem with him. I have a little problem with him. He sleeps in my bedroom with me and my wife. He's in a cot and we're in the bed. And uh, when he sleeps, he sleeps like this. (sighs) My wife loves it. She says, it's comforting. She says, at least I know that he's breathing. Me, I'm having nightmares about Darth Vader trying to kill me in my sleep. And how about this? This little boy, what date is his birthday? May the 4th. (laughs) I've got a Star Wars Darth Vader impersonator living in my house. I'll tell you what though, I love him. I love him. He's so cute, he's always smiling. and um, He's into crawling, he thinks walking is for losers. He crawls at 100 miles an hour and he staggers when he walks. So we think I'm not bothering with the walking, I'm just going to crawl. And he's got this brilliant instinct of looking for danger. Okay? I've got loads of nice toys for him, walkers and squidgy things, but he likes things that are plugged into walls. And I've got a really strict rule in my house. It is, don't lick the plug sockets. <laughs> or don't suck USB cables. Now, why have I got that rule? Is it because I'm an evil, oppressive father and I I don't like my kids? No. I've got that rule because I love this little boy. I want to make sure he flourishes. I want him to grow and be all that God wants him to be. I don't want him to get electrocuted with his tongue. (laughs) So I warn him. I speak truth to him because I want to protect him. And that's Jesus. This woman who's been a victim of, of injustice and violence Jesus wants to protect her from sin that's going to destroy her life. And so he says, turn away. Turn away from your life of sin. Come follow me, in effect, he's saying. That's what Jesus says to you. He says, I love you. I welcome you. You're welcome in my household. I want you to be in my family. Whatever you've done, whatever's been done to you, come. But if you're coming, you need to turn away from your life of sin because I want to protect you from sin and brokenness and evil. I want you to become all that God wants you to be. I've got a little illustration I'll share with you and then I want to show you a little video clip. I was out walking with my family and uh, I'd been preaching in the morning and so I was wearing all my Sunday best and there wasn't going to be time to go home and get changed and I was preaching again in the evening. And it was like, you know, light trousers, white shirt, as nice and smart as I could get. And we decided to go for a walk around the lake. And uh, my little boy, he's 19 now, but he was about five then. And he loved to run. And he ran as fast as he could, and he went flying head first into a deep, muddy puddle. In went a boy, out came the creature from the Black Lagoon. He was covered in mud from head to toe. It was like a blob. All you could see that made him human were his eyes. And he shouted. Guess what he shouted? He shouted, Daddy! And he began to cry. Bits of mud fell away from his face. He had eyeballs and kind of tear marks. Guess what he wanted? Guess what the last thing I wanted to give him was? So I I patted him on the head, just with the tip of my finger. It's all right, boy. You'll be all right. It's fine course I didn't. I envelop him in a hug and he hugs me back. And when I peel him off, <laughs> I've got like this silhouette of a little mud boy all over me. But look, in that hug, I tasted something of the grace of God. That I was all broken. I'd messed up. I'd got myself in trouble. Done all sorts of stuff I shouldn't have done. Thought stuff I shouldn't have thought been somebody i shouldn't have been but god said to me come home come home i love you all the mess you've got in it doesn't matter come home and god's offering that same welcome to you tonight whatever you're in whatever's been said about you whatever's been done to you whatever you've done come home the father wants to embrace you but you know what my son is 19 years old now He's uh, he's, he's very handsome, very single, very eligible. Come and see me later, we can sort you out. Did I mention he's good at maths? Does that help? Yeah, come on. But hear this, hear this. If you met him tonight, he's not here. If you met him, you know... 14 years later, and he was still caked in the mud that he fell into when he was a five-year-old boy. Would you say to me, well done, Chris, you're such a loving, accepting father. You took him in as he was, and you haven't changed a thing. No, you'd say I'd failed him as a father, wouldn't you? Because as soon as we could, we took that five-year-old, mud-splattered boy, we took him home. And we got him in the shower. And we got as much warm water as we could and soap and we, we blasted that mud off of him. Not because we didn't love him as he was, but we loved him too much to leave him like that. We wanted him to flourish and become all that God wanted him to be. And so if you came home to God tonight, God will want to change things. He'll want to say, look, that way you've been living before, I want you to be like my son Jesus. I want you to walk in his footsteps. I want you to live not for yourself, but for others. I want you to accept the grace I've shown you by sending my son Jesus to die in the cross in your place. And then I want you to live a life of love. I want you to look for ways you can give yourself away that you might help the last and the least and the lost. That you might be the kind of person that God intended you to be. So look, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you a little video clip. And it's a really simple video clip. It's all about what it means to be welcomed home. And at the end of that video clip, we're going to invite you. If you're someone that feels they're not home with God, it might be because you've never come to God before. You've come along with the youth group and you've been thinking this stuff through. Well, tonight might be the night you become part of God's family as he opens you with uh, welcomes you with open arms into his household maybe that's you or maybe you're someone that's gone a little bit off the rails you remember a time you used to love God more than you do now and you've kind of it's gone cold for you and you need to experience again the loving arms of God that says wherever you've been whatever you've done I still want you home come home tonight if you're able to stand why don't you stand with us God wants to welcome you home. He's been waiting. Been welcome, waiting to draw you into his loving arms and let you know that you are his precious child. Whatever anyone else has said about you, God has words of love and welcome and embrace for you tonight. And So we're going to explain to you how this is going to happen. Do you want to invite the yeah. prayer team in? Um, can I get the prayer ministry team
0: to gather in front of the two screens? Um, that would be wonderful. As we call you forward in just a few seconds to welcome you home, um, these guys aren't gonna be playing instruments with their mouths or anything, but actually um, we want, the, so there's something about coming home to a real sense of family that I think God wants to do tonight. And these are wonderful people. And as you come forward, we want you to come and just come in front of them Uh, people who are going to be smiling over you, who are going to maybe embrace you, for you to be able to experience their love and their welcome as you also experience the love and the welcome of Jesus. So as you come forward, just really practically, these guys are going to be over here and over here. So if you are wanting to come forward, please do head in front of the two screens. Mm.
1: That would be great. It's great. The band are going to play a song that talks about the welcoming love of God. It's called the wondrous cross it was on the cross that Jesus stretched out his arms to pay for the sins of the world but also as an act of welcome to the world come, receive the love of God, it's all here for you it's costly it'll be difficult to follow in his footsteps because he'll call you to fight injustice but I tell you there's no place like home there's no place like home with God